Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. Our careers are connected because we played at the highest level. Oh, God, I have been in so many battles with over the years. Curry guarded by James. Oh, he knocks it down. Don't let the guard down. Block and mentality. Way of me getting another trophy. How do you slow him down? Same way you slow me down. You can't. Puts up the play. Oh, it's gone. Let's go. The greatest shooter the game has ever seen. It brings out another level of intensity and excitement. Are we ready for it? Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. I'm Malika Andrews. The countdown is on. We are mere hours away from Lakers-Warriors Game 1, one of the most anticipated playoff series in NBA history because we have Steph versus LeBron once again. And these two future Hall of Famers, they've combined for 28 All-Star appearances that's tied for the most between opposing players in playoff history. And these All-Stars, right, they're big game players. So Curry and James, they've combined for over 11,500 points in the postseason. And by the way, that's also a record. But the most important number, it's five, right? Because this is the fifth ever postseason matchup that two of the biggest stars in the game today have played in against one another. And then both Steph and LeBron, they're chasing their fifth NBA championship. That's a number of rings that no other active NBA players currently have. So with that, we're joined by my friends Jalen Rose, Richard Jefferson, who played with both of these Titans. So Richard, I'm going to start with you here. In order for the Lakers to win, LeBron needs to do what in this series? Ooh, I, I think LeBron's going to need to depend on his teammates. I, I think when you look at the amount of different scores that they had in, in that first round win, uh, you know, they had guys contributing. And LeBron, LeBron's greatest strength is not necessarily his scoring, is not necessarily, uh, you know, all the things he can do. It's his versatility and how he elevates people's games. That's where Bron's IQ pops up. That's where Bron's IQ shows. He doesn't matter if he's playing with D-Wade and Chris Bosh. It doesn't matter if he's playing with Kyrie and Kevin Love. It doesn't matter if he's playing with AD and a batch of talented players. He always figures it out. So I think that depending on his teammates and his teammates continuing to play like they did in that first round, that's key. This is not a LeBron in 2016, go give us 40-plus, go lead in points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. I don't think that that's what he is capable of doing right now, but I think the versatility is what we need to see from him. Particularly because we haven't seen this Warriors team, Jalen, compete against this Lakers team as presently constructed. So I'll ask you the question on the flip side. The last time we saw Steph Curry, he just dropped a cool 50 in a game (laughs) seven. No big deal. So what do the Warriors need from him in order to be the ones to come out on the There's a saying that goes, keep doing what you're doing and keep getting what you're getting. Mm. And you're right, Richard. LeBron isn't playing with one of those teams that he had in the past or he isn't the kind of best player in the league that's going to lead a series <clears throat> in every category, points, rebounds, assists, steals, and blocks. But Steph isn't either. Klay mm. Thompson struggled in Game 7. He wasn't really Game 6 Clay mm-hmm. either against the Kings. 
Draymond Green had a 20-point game, mm -hmm. but he's had some triple single games. Now, Kevon Looney ooh, falls into this category also. Keep grabbing those boards, keep being aggressive. But for Steph, I need volume Steph. See, we got a chance to enjoy the efficiency of Steph where he was 50, 40, 90. Right. And he was sharing the ball with everybody and he was passing, cutting, and he was also relocating. I like this Harlem Globetrotter stuff. <laughs> Between the legs, behind the back, in and out of traffic, shooting cinnamon rolls at the hoop and taking 30, 35 shots a game. I'm still mad. That's what I would like one. to see him continue to do because they're going to need it. I feel like we're both, we're all three of us are like still containing our excitement. We're being professional <laughs> sitting up here. This is a huge game. This is a huge series. It really cannot be overstated. I do want to bring in another NBA champion, Kendrick Perkins, into the conversation because, Perk, you battled against both of these guys in the postseason and Richard and Jalen just laid out what yeah. Each of these superstars is charged with, but who's going to get it done? You know what? I believe it's going to be LeBron James. I think LeBron is going to impose his will uh, in the paint. I don't think we're going to see the LeBron James taking a lot of three-point shots. I think we're going to see a pissed-off LeBron James that is going to impose his will in the paint, whether that's getting out in transition or uh, attacking down downhill or even demanding the ball on the low block with those deep seals that he's been doing all season long. I think LeBron James is ready for this moment. A lot of people was out there thinking that the Lakers were wishing for the Kings when I heard rumors that they actually wanted to go against the Warriors. I think they match up better against the Warriors. I think LeBron is going to be a matchup problem for the Warriors. I think if you look over the history, Andrew Wiggins has had trouble actually guarding LeBron James. So I'm looking at Braun to go out there and do his damn thing. Oh, I, I have no doubt that Braun is going to go do his thing, but I don't know who the whispers were that said that they wanted the Warriors, the defending champions versus the Kings. I, look, I'm not, I'm not going to disagree with your sources. It's just hard for me to imagine <laughs> wanting to go against that squad and their history right. versus a relatively young Kings team. But, hey, those are your sources. Well, I trust them. Let's bring another voice well, of reason into the well, conversation, Perk. <laughs> Shall we? Well, I don't – I'm just saying, I don't know how you could disagree with my sources. I'm tied in, I'm tied in like shoelaces with the league. So I don't know how you could disagree with my sources. Like, huh, like I ain't elite in this. Someone else who's tied in like shoelaces is Zach Lowe. Zach, when I say Steph Curry, the first question that comes to your mind in this matchup is what? First of all, we got shoelaces, we got cinnamon rolls. My mind is like all over the place. So, so Steph Curry, number one, number one, who guards him? Is it Jared Vanderbilt who guarded John Morant? This is a different no, kind of no. player. Is it Austin Reeves? Is it Austin Reeves, which is who I think it'll be? Mm. That's a big challenge for Austin Reeves. Right. Second, where is Anthony Davis on the floor? I think on all Steph's off-ball actions, all the pin-downs, they're going to try and block him from using those screens and funnel him to the dude who just blocked the Grizzlies right out of the playoffs. But when Draymond's at center and they go small and they get that pick-and-roll machine running, is Anthony Davis going to be on Draymond? Is that going to pull him away from the rim? Can he contain Steph out there? Or are they going to try and put him off to the side on a Gary Payton Jr. and Andrew Wiggins and say – Get ready to meet people at the rim. I think that's fascinating because, like LeBron said about him and Steph at the opening, there's no stopping any of these guys. It's just how do you try to contain them without letting the other guys get easy shots off of their stuff. So then I guess I have to ask, what's the biggest question when it comes to LeBron James? Perk mentioned 
the LeBron who took so many threes against the Grizzlies. And if we think back at those four fantastic finals between these two things, you close your eyes and you imagine an image. It's probably LeBron looking around for Steph Curry and saying, where is he? Bring his guy up to screen for me because either you're going to switch and I'm going to play bully ball or you're going to get yourself in rotation and I'm going to start spraying the ball around. That LeBron, bully LeBron, post-orchestrator LeBron, we didn't see that much of against a Memphis team that had a lot of guards for him to bully. I think even at his age and even with all those minutes, the Lakers to be this team more of that LeBron than we saw in the first round. Jalen, of all the things that Zach just laid out, what piqued your ears? I think LeBron getting to the basket, Malika, mm. and also playing mid-range and below the free throw line and actually getting to the free throw line, not falling in love with the three-point mm -hmm. shot and being aggressive offensively. The one thing that happens is the Lakers did build out some depth, and you can trust D'Angelo Russell to make shots and Austin Reeves to make plays. And Vanderbilt is trying to be confident, more confident taking shots and even Dennis Schroeder. But the further you advance, it got to be about AD, and it got to be about LeBron being mm -hmm. dominant in this series. But who, who's going to take step? When, when, when Zach suggested Austin Reeves, your face kind of went, ooh, Austin well, Reeves. Well, well, here's the thing. Nobody's stopping Steph. So you can't really try to overthink this. Dennis Schroeder's going to be a guy that tries to pick him up 94 feet when he gets into the game. But Steph might already have yep. 10 or 12 points before he get in the game. So that really ain't going to matter when you're going against a great player. But ultimately, you got to make Steph work defensively. Yes. So I have a question. This, 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 no, this is a team sport, right? And we saw Sacramento at time. Well, throughout the course of a series, just switch out on Steph and trust Trey Lyles and and and, and guys like Sabonis to play him one on one when they were switched out. That's not going to happen with the Los Angeles Lakers. They're not going to allow Steph to play one on one. Right. I mean, they're probably going to trap him and say, you know what? We got to see it from the others. Now, can the others get it done? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, they have proven because they have won championships. But I was wondering, even in the game seven, I thought Mike Brown waited a little too late to actually send a double team at Steph Curry yeah. at times. I don't think the Lakers are going to waste any time for us finding the double team at Steph right. who, uh, in game one tonight. You're saying make the others beat you. Well, Steph Curry is 15-7 and seven versus LeBron head-to-head -head in these playoffs all time. But, my friends, we are just getting started on this massive preview for this Western Conference showdown. We have a lot to get to over the next hour. But speaking of individual performances, I mean, Jalen, did you see what James Harden did I last did. night? We are going to dive into that and how Woo. worried we should be about the Celtics. Dive in it. Plus, stick it in the East. Game two between the Knicks and the Heat is set to tip off in just a few hours. Adrian Wojnarowski joins us with the latest injury updates. Plus, Jokic in the top seed of Nuggets. I mean, they're looking good. They are rolling up 2-0. Our panel on If the Sun is setting in Phoenix. Don't go anywhere. We are just getting started. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. 
With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. NBA Today is presented by Levi's. Celebrating 150 years of the 501 gene. Boston by one. Harden sizing up Harper. It's a three. Oh, 2.6 lead. I work on that side every day. I got the confidence to suit it. Harden spectacular. 45 points. We are here to win. We're coming here to get game two as well. The Sixers have captured game one. Honestly, we should have known. When James Harden walked in wearing this Oscar the Grouch. We should have known when he was in Vegas this past week. That's what we should have known. He needed a vacation, Richard. You know what? I was wrong. I got no problem. I got no problem. Well, he got after it. No Joel Embiid, remember, in this one. Going into Boston. And James Harden said, it's cool. I got this, guys. Although, I mean, Jason Tatum had a monster first half. Jason Tatum was so impressive. Like, make no mistake, when we were putting together this tape, this wasn't just about James Harden, 45. This was about the Celtics came out and they were the aggressor. Look at that heat check with three minutes to go. Put him up 12. Most in the first half of the playoff career. Jason Tatum's played a lot of games, y'all. Jason Tatum, 39 points overall, 26 in the first half. But in the fourth quarter, I mean, this was historic James Harden. This was Houston James Harden. He was in his bag. It was impressive. Again, we've had so many conversations over the last couple of seasons. Is this who he is? Can he be this person? I'm still going to say no. I'm just going to think, say he had a flashback, but boy, what a time for a flashback. What well, was interesting when he was talking about, I knew what I had to do tonight. It's he can get there. When Joel Embiid is on, the, is on the floor, it becomes a little bit different what his job is. But naturally, he knows what it takes, and this is what it takes. Dishing out to Tyrese Maxey. Maxey looking all the way to the cup and one. First, it was called as a defensive foul, but they would overturn. Yeah, they had, a, they had a little bit of confusion right there, but Honestly, all I saw was the Celtics get tight. Look at this ball. Look at look at this ball movement. Everyone's hot potatoing it. It looked it looked real. You know what it looked like? It looked like Milwaukee hot potatoing it in, uh, a couple of a couple of days ago. But here, look, you get it. Jason Tatum brings his hand down. Tyrese Maxey was so confused. He was like, "Wait, what? Waiting for a whistle?" And then here, I thought this was great defense. I thought this was great defense. You I can't thought get this a better dagger. You can't get a better contest than that. I, J.J. Redick was talking about how much that they were targeting Al Horford. You can't play better defense than that. James Harden finishes with 45 points. One more chance here for the Celtics. Marcus Smart just can't quite get it to go. Hot potato again. And then Jason Tatum would be called for the foul. So the Sixers get game one. But take a listen to what James Harden was saying to his teammates after the game. He said it's one game. Be excited, but not too excited. Let's take a listen to more from Harden. I haven't felt one of those zones in a minute. It felt really good, you know what I mean, just to be aggressive and shoot the basketball and do what I want. You know what I mean? Like, that felt really good. 
And I'm very, I mean, I'm, I'm capable of doing it. You know what I mean? So it felt good. It felt good to make shots, to to give ourselves a chance to, you know, be on a road game one and, and, and be aggressive. All right, here now with Jalen Rose. So James Harden, Jalen was the hero last night, but what exactly was he seeing from defenders here? How was he able to do this? First off, he enjoyed his days off. Glad a chance, glad he got a chance to go to Vegas. Mm -hmm. Some players perform better when they're in their zone. I appreciate that. And here's what he did in particular when Al Horford was the screener or the defender. A career high, 29 points when Al Horford was in the action and James Harden was the creator. Now let's break it down and go a little further into the action. So now it's late in the game, Malika, decision time. Doc Rivers, veteran coach, won a championship with the Boston Celtics, is going against a first-year coach of the Boston Celtics. Are we going to use our one timeout? He's thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. Nah, we just going to give the ball to James and allow James to put himself in position to make the Celtics make a decision. So now let's see what Doc actually had to say about this moment. I had the one timeout, and I did not want to use that timeout. Uh, I just didn't want them to be able to set their defense up. You know, we, we put George on the floor, took Paul out, had all smalls, which was scary because they missed a free throw. You know, we just took the gamble. I figured Tatum's not going to miss a free throw. But if he had a, I don't know if they would have gotten well for us. Having said that, getting that floor space for him, and, you know, he, he shot the three. I didn't care what he did. He was going to get that shot, and that was good for us. And I'm going to say what he didn't say. Just in case they don't score, you still want to keep the timeout. Now watch this. You want to get James Harden to his left hand. Marcus Smart did a terrific job of pressuring him. And here's Al Horford. They call this the torture chamber. Because to be honest with you, I don't care how good your big is. If he's not going to block the shot and you get a clean look and you already on fire like James Harden was, you get a chance to make the dagger. And that's exactly what the beer did without Joel Embiid, the 76ers, going bully game one at Boston. Well, and that shakes up the odds for this series, Jalen, because after losing game one as a 10-point favorite, the Celtics, they actually have a better record as an underdog than they do as a double-digit favorite this season. That's after recording the most losses and most win percentage as a double-digit favorite in the last 30 seasons. So let's take a listen to the Celtics after the loss. They were just in a rhythm throughout the whole game, and, you know, I don't think our – Pressure um, and um, intensity was necessarily as high as it probably should have been to start. And beat being out tonight, um, you know, as much as you don't want to uh, say it wasn't a factor, I think it was. Um, you know, and, and and we have to be better. You know, we have to understand that we have to be able to, to play with whatever happens, whatever variables. And um, but with our team, I just seen it happen. Uh, you know, uh, for us, for, for whatever reason. So back here with Zach and Perk. And last night, it actually marked the first time the 76ers took mm -hmm. a game one in a series against the Celtics since 1981. That's after losing six straight. So I do want to stick with the Celtics here. But one quick note on the 76ers. Doc Rivers did say that Joel Embiid was able to run today for the first time since spraining that LCL. So potentially he could be on his way back here, Zach. How worried should the Celtics be overall? First of all, standing ovation for James Harden, mm -hmm. an absolute masterpiece when his team mm -hmm. needed it most. The Celtics, since those first two games Atlanta, against Atlanta, their defense has been just kind of a mess 
Five games in a row of weird breakdowns that are not characteristic of a team that was number two in defense this year, number one by a mile last year. And it was evident last night. People won't remember it because of the shot clock violation steal in the Harden shot. But if we look at some of the film from last night, these are just weird plays where who's guarding De'Anthony Melton? You are, you are. Oh, wait, nobody is. Oh, my God, De'Anthony Melton's wide open. They're getting too cute, trying to switch and pick and roll. Rob Williams does a nice job. Too little, too late, closing out. Here's a staggered screen. Paul Reed just walks to the basket. Who's talking? Whose job is that? This is a serious championship contender. Anyone on our set could have scored that basket. Here's a baseline out of bounds. James Harden, Marcus Smart shoots the gap and you let the inbounder get a wide open three. They did this twice against the Hawks down the stretch of their clinching game six in that series, even though they won the game. It's stuff like that that just makes you think, as, as good as this team is on offense, and Joe Mazzulla talks about how we set our identity with our offense, they made the finals last year by setting their identity with their defense. Right. And their defense has been a mess for five games in a row. Just weird stuff like this that they need to iron out now before Joel Embiid comes back in this series. Absolutely. Perk? Well, the thing is, Zach, to follow up is that they're not even thinking about defense. They're thinking about offense, and it's happening to affect their defense. They're thinking about how I'm going to go my turn on the offensive end, and no one is thinking about guard. James Harden hadn't hit that many mid-range jump shots since Moby Dick was a goldfish. And when it comes down to looking at the perimeter defenders that the Celtics have in Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Marcus Smart, Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, uh, Grant Williams, all of those guys are capable of defending. But again, if you see a guy has it going in the first quarter and a guy's torching you throughout the course of the game, I'm just trying to wonder, and I'm curious, at what point are you going to fire a double team at James Harden the way that he was carrying the Sixers last night? Now, granted, I believe Tyrese Maxey had 26 points, but he didn't shoot well from the field. But again, the Celtics harped on all season long that they couldn't wait to get to this moment. And now it's so many question marks because you have to have that, uh, that defensive identity in order to complete the mission. And I don't see that on the team. And a lot of that has to go on the shoulders of Joe Missoula for us getting their attention and demanding their attention on the defensive side of things because that's where a coach imposes his will the most when you're trying to make a run to winning the championship. We'll see what adjustments head coach Joe Missoula and the Celtics make. Game two is tomorrow at 8 o'clock Eastern. Still to come, though, on NBA Today, we're going to go from one coast to the other. LeBron versus Steph, part five. It all goes down tonight. So we have reporters standing by with the latest ahead of that massive game one. Plus, two-time MVP Nikola Jokic. He's showing exactly why the Nuggets are the number one seed, and they're more ready than ever to make a championship push. So Richard and Zach have the Suns' adjustments going forward. And then the red-hot heat. Adjustments. They took game one on Sunday, Rich. But can the Knicks even up the series? Woj joins us with some injury updates. All that and more. Don't go anywhere. What adjustments they going to make? Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! 
The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. All right, let's get to the Suns and the Nuggets. I thought that the Suns might come out. That was your fault. Series. And I know, it's my fault, my bad. I underestimated Nikola Jokic. Let's take a look, Jalen, at how this went down. We're going to pick this up in the third quarter with five minutes left. I mean, the Nuggets' depth coming at you here. And over Archie, I just want to say one thing out loud. They're better. And here's what I mean. They're taller. They're more physical. They're younger. They're deeper. And they have an answer for everything that the Suns can possibly throw at them. And this guy is literally a wild card, the Joker. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to make people around him better but turn into a scorer that night. But again, Devin Booker's been terrific as a scorer. He's been unstoppable in these playoffs so far. But that guy's the reigning two-time MVP for a reason. For a reason. And Bismack Biombo. He's working as hard as he can. Best Ain't of luck. going to be able to do it. Exactly. Chris Paul left in that quarter and wouldn't return with hamstring soreness, Richard. And then the Nuggets, they just kept coming at you. Well, it was just impressive. Look, Jamal Murray didn't have a great game. Right. But ultimately, they have the insulation around Jokic and around Murray to, to stop a bad night. So Jokic can have a bad night, Murray can have a bad night, but they have so much talent and they play a system where everyone knows that they're going to be included. The Nuggets, they pulled away with the win. I had to, you know, rub my eyes at the final score. Under 100 points for both teams. Let's take a listen to head coach Michael Malone after the game. I marvel at his greatness. I marvel at his consistency, uh, his excellence, his ability to find so many different ways to beat you, whether it's scoring, rebounding, playmaking, um, not afraid of the moment. You know, there's so many quality candidates, uh, and, and you're right, it will be a really close race, but you know, uh, I know what motivates Nikola Jokic, what motivates myself and the rest of the guys in that locker room is, is not the MVP. It is our, is, our, is our journey to try and win the first championship in franchise history. So the Suns' game-high eight-point lead had just been trimmed to three. That's when Chris Paul left with his injury, and it was all nuggets from there. Denver outscored Phoenix 41-28 to over the final 16 and a half minutes of the game. Booker and Durant scoring all but six of those points for the Suns. So I want to bring Zach Lowe back into the conversation here. Uh, Zach, what did you see from Nikola Jokic? 39 points here. What did you see in that performance? So a lot of points for a pass first center. And one thing <laughs> right. I noticed, game one, they only gave him seven post touches on the block. I think they wanted to feel it out. DeAndre Aydens had some success guarding him without much help in the past, including two playoffs ago. Let's see if they're going to send doubles. If they're not, how Nikola does in the post. 
Yesterday in game two, they came out right away. We are pounding it inside and seeing if you can stop us. And here we go. By the end of the game, you see Phoenix start to send help. And when you get Nikola Jokic against DeAndre Ayton and you feel stressed out enough to send help, yeah, they didn't score on this possession, but those passes are going to be there. Here's another one. Chris Paul kind of sits in his lap. That kickout is flying out to KCP maybe in the next game. I think the Suns hoped that they wouldn't have to send help like that. And as last game went on, 15 post touches, double his game one amount. He started to chip away, chip away, chip away. And you could see chips in their defense. And if that continues, mm -hmm. it's a whole other avenue of scoring that they didn't have in the first game. How about the Sun side, Rich? Oh, well, the Sun side, it's going to be tough because you, you need to be able to pick what you're going to do. We saw it in, in the Brooklyn series where it's like, do we double team Joel or do we start, try and stop everyone else? Here, if you're the Suns, it's like, well, if Jokic is going to be that aggressive and then you're like, okay, well, if we double team him, then everybody else ar around him is going to feed off of him because we know how well he passed the ball and all that stuff. So the Suns are in a very difficult spot. Mm -hmm. They don't have a ton of depth, but ultimately the only thing that I can see is they have to figure out how Kevin Durant can get going in the way that we've seen him dominate. Right now, Devin Booker looks like he's the one that's dominating. Devin Booker looks like the 1A. No one believes that Devin Booker's a 1A. We know he, he can be, but we think when Kevin Durant is on that court, they've got to find a way to make the Nuggets react to Kevin Durant. Yeah. Right now, you're trying to react to Jokic. What do we do to Jokic? Well, on the other side, the Phoenix Suns have somebody that is just as impactful, Kevin Durant, in a different way. And I feel like right now, he, again, he didn't shoot well from three. He was two for 12 from three, 27 shots. He's Mr. Efficient. They've got to figure out the, a, a way to make the Denver Nuggets look. It's like, okay, what do we do with KD? Do we send another guy to him? Mm -hmm. Do we blitz him on pick and rolls? Right now, they're not having to react to him. They're just playing, playing quality defense, and then doing what they do on the other end. But you know how the saying goes, right, Zach? You, the series doesn't start until a team wins on the road. Is this just a, a matter of the Nuggets taking care of home court here? Or is there something deeper? No, it's more than that. They looked really comfortable against Phoenix. And RJ's right. Kevin Durant is not involved enough in the offense. And yeah, he, he was off shooting-wise yesterday. And at home, you know he's got a great shooting game in him. Some, some of those same looks will go in. But where are the Chris Paul, Kevin Durant pick and rolls? Where are the Kevin Durant, Devin Booker pick and rolls? Where's all that two-man stuff that we kind of envisioned when they paired all these guys together? He's involved as a shooter, but he's spending way too much time hanging out in the corners, hanging out on the wings, being a glorified kind of off-ball threat. And that's not Kevin Durant. They got to find ways to get him involved that aren't just, okay, we'll give you a post-touch here. Let's see what you can do against Christian Brown. He needs to be part of the offense more than he is. I'm a little, I'm a little confused by that, to be honest. Jalen, give me a feel for this here. How worried should oh, we be? The Suns is in trouble, okay. trouble, trouble. And I hate the saying that a series doesn't start until the road team Because you could win out at home. Because that means yeah. you got to win four out of five. Yeah. And that's usually unrealistic. And I hate to tell you guys, Kevin Durant played over 40 minutes. Mm -hmm. He took 27 shots, mm -hmm. and they equaled 24 points. Oof. They're making KD also work defensively. Yep. Aaron Gordon name needs to get said. Because in game one, he was terrific offensively. He has the bulk and the athleticism to post KD and just to make him work. That's all. And also for the Denver Nuggets, in particular, their depth is going to be a problem as this series continues to progress. Is CP3 going to even play in the next game? 
He's dealing with a groin injury. And so for the Suns, this is a moment where obviously game three is a must-win game. But, man, if they're going to win this series, it's going to have to be KD equals Steph. It's going to have to be Booker equals yesterday James Harden. It's going to have to be Herculean efforts mm-hmm. to lift them in order to win this series. The Denver Nuggets are in pole position. One, and one for two, 0 oh for two, one for seven, 0 oh for five. That was the Phoenix Suns bench. Mm-hmm. That ain't getting it done. That's not going to get it done, especially when you're going against the depth of the Denver Nuggets. All right, let's stick in the West here and get to ESPN. Tim McMahon's reporting that the Grizzlies do not intend to re-sign Dylan Brooks in free agency. So this is according to his league sources. We'll take you a by the athletic Jalen and Brooks struggled offensively right in the playoffs created distractions called out LeBron James during Memphis's first round series so Kendrick Perkins you've been a big supporter of the Grizzlies where do you stand on their move to not bring back Dylan Brooks well I mean I expected them not to but again it's not what you do is how you do it and I don't think it's funny, to be honest, on how the Grizzlies hand, how the Grizzly is hand, Grizzlies are handling this situation for us Dylan Brooks. It's one thing for us to clown and joke about him throughout the course of the series, yep. but when you come back and you say that you're not going to bring him back throughout, with, I mean, no matter the circumstances, like zero chances, like this guy is up for a contract. This guy spent six years in your organization, and in a couple of those years, he was actually great for you. So at the end of the day, my thing is, when it comes down to affecting the livelihood, and it's also a reflection of your organization, this is not the way you want to be trending. If you're trying to be eye candy and attract guys to come in and play alongside Jared Jackson Jr. and John Morant, you don't want to be them to feel like, oh, this is how they did Dylan Brooks because that's how that's how I would look at it, and it's just very disturbing to me that they would handle this situation like this. If they didn't want to sign them, so what? Don't sign them, but you don't have to put it out there like that, like he committed a damn crime or something or some off the court distractions because he was none of that. And the kid played with heart and passion every single night, no matter what he shot from the field. He bought the, his game every single night when he came down to competing between those lines. Yeah, of course, the Grizzlies have said they're going to take a new approach to trash talking this season, but it, it's an interesting conundrum <coughs> for them because essentially this is what, but Perk, this is what got them there, right? That kind of vibrato, the way that they've gone about things, it's what got them here. But now it's sort of time that they're looking, mm-hmm. okay, what pieces of this can we keep to push us forward and what part of this identity do we need to shed in order to get to our ultimate goal? So again, our Tim McMahon reporting that Dylan Brooks will not be re-signed by the Memphis Grizzlies. All right, let's get back to some good news because we have the privilege of being in the presence of greatness. And I'm talking about Richard Jefferson. Amen. I really am. You were the teammate of legends, LeBron, Steph. He dives into that legendary clash after this. You're right about Dylan, Perk. Are we on the same page? Mm-hmm. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network.
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We are less than seven hours away from tip-off between two titans. Stephen Curry, LeBron James, the Lakers, and the Warriors. They get their second round series started tonight at 10 o'clock Eastern in the Bay Area. So for more on this series, we welcome in our ESPN reporter who is covering the Lakers, Dave McMenamin. And Dave, earlier in this show, we talked about the task that is slowing down Stephen Curry. What more can you tell us about how the Lakers plan to guard him tonight? Yeah, Malika had Lakers shoot around this morning at Chase Center. We spoke to the two of the guys who will be most important when it comes to trying to stop Steph Curry, Jared Vanderbilt and Dennis Schroeder. And Vanderbilt's point was, hey, it's an entire team defense that need to have this effort against Steph Curry, pointing out that the Warriors offense has the highest pace of any team in the postseason this year. And while certainly the Lakers defense got used to running when it came to the fast-breaking Memphis Grizzlies, there's less half-court um, uh, play from, from Golden State playing with that type of pace. And then when it comes to the, uh, the Dennis Schroeder's input, when he came into the league, Steph Curry in his second year and in his third year was getting his back-to-back MVP. So the entire time Dennis Schroeder's been a pro, he's looked up to another guy playing his position as the greatest player of all time as a shooting point guard. And so both these guys recognize we got to try to limit their threes, run mm-hmm. Steph Curry off the line as much as possible, and be ready to get back defensively. Well, and of course, we've, we've heard the X's and O's side of it, Dave. Thank you. But it makes me think back to that quote LeBron James game a couple of years ago. How do you slow him down the same way that you slow me down? You, you really can't. So there has to be some ingredient of that as well. Dave McMenamin, thank you so very much. All right, so that is the Lakers side of things. Let's get to the Warriors side ahead of this massive game one. And for that, we welcome in our reporter covering Golden State, Kendra Andrews. Hey, sis, cute photo in the background there. Kendra, can you take us inside <laughs> the film sessions that the Warriors have had over the last couple of days? Yeah, Malika, well, these long, intensive film sessions have been a staple for the Warriors all season, but really this playoffs as they've dealt with a lot of tight, quick turnarounds. And yesterday they were held up in Chase Center for hours, just digging through Lakers footage. They watched a lot of film from their series against the Grizzlies that Dave was talking about, and then also some from the regular season and their regular season matchups. But I'm told that the Warriors feel that that film doesn't necessarily paint an accurate picture of what they think this series could look like. You know, LeBron James was in and out for the Lakers. Steph, in and out for the Warriors. The Lakers were without a lot of their key contributors that they have now. The Warriors were without Andrew Wiggins and Gary Payton. So they feel that these are two teams that look quite different than they did in the regular season. But through watching all that film, what the Warriors are focused on is navigating the Lakers' interior presence on both ends. You know, you heard Dave talk about how the Lakers want to run Steph off the three-point line. Well, the Warriors want to take a lot of three-point shots in this series because of AD, Jared Vanderbilt. And then you have a certain player like Kavon Looney, right? right? He was such an X factor for the Warriors in the first series, but Steve Kerr said, I might not be able to play him that way against the Lakers, but we won't know all of that until we actually play one of these games. Let the games of adjustments begin. Kendra Andrews, thank you so very much. Enjoy this game. It is going to be absolutely electric. Yeah.
It's me over here. Hello. All right, coming up here on NBA Today, this Heat and Knicks rivalry, oh, man, it goes way back, Richard. So Woj takes us through the history between these storied franchises. NBA Today will be back after this. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. There are bad feelings between these two teams. Whenever those two teams faced each other, it was always drama. They knew that if they played against our team, we are coming after them. This one's going to get really ugly. For the third straight year, the Knicks break Miami's heart. Miami the heart out of the New York Knicks. It's always good for the league when there's a Heat Knicks playoff series. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. A rivalry was renewed this weekend in Madison Square Garden when Miami turned up the heat, stole game one from the Knicks. And it may not be Alonzo Mourning and Ewing anymore, but they were certainly in the building for this new chapter because these two teams, they have a punchy history. Adrian Wojnarowski has more. Houston ducks under. Got it! And the New York Knicks have become the second team in NBA history to knock off a number one. This one's going to get really ugly. And there's a fight right Jeff Van Gundy is on the bottom of the pile. There are bad feelings between these two teams. This New York-Miami basketball blood war began with a curt resignation letter spitting out of an old fax machine inside of Madison Square Garden. Nearly 30 years ago, Pat Riley informed the Knicks of his resignation and ascension to an historic package of power and wealth on South Beach. Old Man Riles delivered the opening salvo for three decades of an on and off again Eastern Conference death grip. From Zoe and LJ, to Ewing and Oak, to the brothers Van Gundy. Heat Knicks is a rivalry short on aesthetics and long on blunt force trauma. Jimmy, to the rim, the catch, put up, it's in! The Miami Heat are just the sixth, eighth seed. 
being a number one seed. It's always good for the league when there's a, a Heat Knicks playoff series. So now, here comes Wiles and Eric Spolster with Jimmy Butler, the hottest player in these playoffs, a garden villain straight out of Central Casting. I don't care where we play. We go out there, we going to compete. Whether we play in Miami, whether we play in the Garden, or we play at uh, Rucker Park. All these years later, Spike and Johnny Mack are still in the house. The Knicks are a throwback to their 1990s roots with guard Jalen Brunson, whose old man played in his share of those series. It's great to play in the Garden and to have that advantage, and I think for us, he's going to focus on one game at a time. The Eastern Conference braces for a brawl that threatens to spill at the New York 7th Avenue in Miami's Biscayne Boulevard. Again, it's the Knicks' heat in the Eastern Conference playoffs, and everyone ought to prepare themselves for one unescapable truth. Once the ball goes up, all hell breaks loose. The voice of that essay, senior NBA insider Adrian Wojnarowski joins us now. And Woj, clearly the biggest questions going into tonight's game surround the statuses of Julius Randle and Jimmy Butler. What more can you tell us about both? Malika, both really important game time decisions uh, in this game too. Jimmy Butler, who injured that ankle late in game one, finished the game. There certainly was some swelling. Uh, He's been undergoing treatment uh, ever since. And he was at shoot-around today. Certainly the Heat didn't do much um, between a game one and two in the postseason. But they're going to take it right down to the wire. Certainly it's impactful that Miami won game one. And if you were to rest Jimmy Butler in a game two, if he didn't have his mobility, uh, if the pain is severe, you're off again. You're off until Saturday. Uh, This series doesn't pick up until game three in Miami. That buys him more time. And on the other side, Julius Randle, who got out on the court Sunday, uh, was able to move around a little better. That ankle has gotten better. Second time uh, that he has sprained it within a month. And this is a player in Julius Randle who did not miss any regular season games. Uh, He was 77 for 77 on his way uh, to trying to play all 82 before he injured that ankle late in the regular season. Uh, Down 0-1, certainly there's an urgency uh, with Julius Randle to find a way to get out and play. I think that would be the case if they were up 1-0. But certainly I think Randle's going to give it, uh, give himself every opportunity he can uh, to try to warm up tonight and see if he can play. But uh, still uncertainty. Again, uh, you don't want to go back to Miami 0-2, and certainly that's going to weigh heavily on Julius Randall's mind and the team mm. as they make a decision on him for game two tonight. Some important game time decisions coming up as the Knicks try to even this series is at one apiece. Woj, thank you so much for spending some time here on NBA Today. Still to come on our show, we are one step closer, my friends, to the next chapter in the LeBron versus Steph rivalry. We have a story that you need to hear in just 60 seconds. NBA Today is presented by Levi's, celebrating 150 years of the 501 gene. Welcome back to NBA Today. So I said that we are privileged. We are lucky because Richard Jefferson is the only analyst on this network who has played with Steph Curry and LeBron James on any network 
and you have some unique perspective on all of this. I do have some unique perspective, and as a historian, as a person that loves this game of basketball, we all argue, we all talk about who's great, who's this, but then I also remember to myself, hey, look, how many times in history have we seen this? All the shows, all the things that people talk about and discuss, when we talk about Wilt, versus versus Bill Russell. That is something that we discuss. We discuss their record versus each other. We discuss Bill Russell going seven and one versus Wilt Chamberlain. Wilt Chamberlain would be higher up on the list. Then we talk about Magic and Bird, these guys saving the game. Magic and Bird playing against each other in college, continuing that journey, saving the league. We've talked about this, but this is what we are watching now. This is the same iteration that you only get every 30 years. You only get a Wilt versus versus Bill. You only get a Magic versus Bird. This is the most iconic in the last 30 years that we have gotten. Two great elite players born in the exact same hospital. And when we talk about the tickets, everybody wants to see it. We remember this. We remember not barely being able to afford tickets for our own family to come to these games. And let me tell you this. When I heard about Steph and how he has grown and how he's matured and he gave this impactful speech, it brought me back to 2016 where LeBron James, we're sitting there quiet. We're not paying attention to everything. Everyone's in their own zone. And all of a sudden he pushes play. And in the 2006 commencement speech by Steve Jobs at Stanford and the things that he was talking about in that speech and all of a sudden we all got super quiet and just kind of listening, soaking it into the moment. Guys started taking off their headphones and stopped listening to what they were listening to and we were in that moment. And the one thing that I took from that commencement speech was looking forward, it's hard to connect the dots. You can only connect the dots when you look back. And for me, when we're watching this greatness, let's not fight about this and who's this and legacy. Let's just enjoy this. Well, let's enjoy this right now because eventually we will have a chance to connect the dots when we look backwards. But right now we are in the middle of a very special moment because you do not get this. You only get it every 30 years or so. LeBron played that speech for you he guys He played that room? speech and it was random. I've never heard that in all my years and all my years of being in a locker room. I've never heard a guy play a speech and all of a sudden slowly but surely started taking and started listening and it was just like that was what we listened to before game six there was no hype there was no nothing it was just calm and it was peace well tonight i expect chase center to be anything but calm and peace the storm is almost here i can't wait